0: Five-Star
1: Zone podcast with Rico Baird and the Big Ten Network's Howard Griffith. Welcome to another edition of the Five-Star Zone. I'm your host, Rico Beard. Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network. Howard was busy this afternoon because today, Howard, we got a reprieve. We got some good news. We got some good things to talk about from the Big Ten. One, the biggest thing is now we know the days of the Big Ten schedule, upcoming schedule, and, and I guess when you, when you saw it, what was the first thing that jumped out to you?
2: That there are a lot of quality games that are going to be on the docket uh, next year. And, and as you look at it, as we move to – as we go away from divisions and move to a 12-team playoff, uh, there are going to be some opportunities for some teams that, that are really going to have a chance to, to obviously be able to make that 12-team playoff. But it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, each week it seems like there are some great matchups – uh, some great opportunities, not only for for the teams, but also for these fan bases that we have in the Big Ten Conference that are going to be able to travel coast to coast and go into some historic venues to watch some games.
1: Yeah, I mean, because just looking, man. I mean, because I, I look at it, Michigan not only plays Texas in their non-conference, but then they, mm-hmm. you know, they get USC at home. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, man, is that? It's, I can't recall the last time USC even played in the big house, at least in my lifetime. It may have happened before, but, you know, that's something that we go from, like, wow, look at Michigan's schedule now to, man, in the first month, you got two name brands showing up at the crib in Texas and USC. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating.
2: It's going to be one of those things. And I think if you look at it and you really go through it, you know, Michigan has, a, I mean, as you mentioned, the schedule this year, people will complain about it at some point. Now it'll even out a, as we move forward in the next couple of weeks. But next year, I mean, it, it, jumps, it, it jumps up substantially really quickly. And um, I, I think you can see why you know, some teams are reevaluating uh, what their non-conference schedule looks like to this point uh, and maybe you know, wanting to change a few things. Because when you look now, and what these teams are going to have to face in the Big Ten Conference, you know, there's going to be some tough games. I think the other thing that's really good is that if you suffer a loss, you know, you're still going to be in the playoff conversation. You might even be able to suffer two losses where now with just the four teams, four-team playoff, there's no way uh, that a two-loss team is going to make it. At least that's the way it's, you know, it's been up to this point. But moving toward next year, it looks like because of strength of schedule, Right. There will not be any any issues with what the schedules are going to look like uh, in the Big Ten conference next year.
1: Yeah, I got to think that any team that comes out of the Big Ten, your strength of schedule is just going to be massive that you could probably see out of the 12 teams, maybe, you know, even five teams from the Big Ten making it in there because – you don't really get that break. Now, I did notice that everybody gets a double bye this year. That's, is that simply just because it's 18 teams?
2: Yeah, I, I think it worked out that way. I think one of the things that the, the conference wanted to do was to make sure uh, that to the best of their ability, right? And I think they did this. As far as travel is concerned for the teams, uh, there's not going to be a, a West Coast team or East Coast, for for that matter, that's going to have to travel um, East and then go back home, and, and then play right away. There, it looks like that they're going to have a bye, or they're going to have a home game, so they won't have uh, travel in back-to-back weeks when they're doing what they're calling the long haul, going cross-country.
1: I was surprised, Howard, because I, I guess look, I enjoy when you get the non I mean, you get the conference game in week one, and there aren't any. But I kind of like that because you. Okay, you play against a cupcake, and yeah, you win the game, but you don't really know what how good you are. I mean, I guess it's great for the fans, but yeah. let's face it. Most of the time, you you already think about leaving at halftime because the <laughs> game is over. I like when you play a conference game early, and I guess the only one early one we have would be Michigan State at Maryland in week two. You, you know, did they? is this something that could possibly change, or are they just going to kind of leave it like this? Well, I
2: think it's going to be one of these things that, that each year is there'll be some adjustments made based on, I think, how teams, you know, ultimately end up finishing. But I think what we have uh, laid out, what was laid out today is kind of where, where they're going to go. Uh, and I think that was an important part, what they wanted to be able to do. So not only teams can start to set up travel, but fans can set up travel as well to know where, you know, the games that, that, that they would like to attend and, and go to and start making travel arrangements for that and, Places obviously they need to sell tickets as well, so those things can be put in place moving forward now. But I think as as we continue to move forward to 2025, yeah. I think there will always be some adjustments made to the schedule based on I think where teams are you know ultimately finishing up. That'll have something to do with it. But you look at a team like Maryland and Rutgers. I mean they're <laughs> they're winning right now. Right. They don't you know. In a situation where they every year had to play Ohio State, Michigan uh, and Penn State, that's not going to be the case uh, moving forward for them, at least not
1: this year. Well, it's funny because you talk about getting your schedule ready. The second it came out, Howard, I'm like, okay, you know what that means? Uh, October 5th, <laughs> Austin Stadium for me, I pray to God, Michigan yeah. State has a, a, a real team next season, but I've never been there before. That was the day I was waiting to see, okay, when is it going to be, when is it going to be, okay, that should be a pretty nice day. Yeah, I could start mm-hmm. trying to book some flights to get out there. Th- that was the game for me, man. You know yeah. I, I'm a, you know what, I'm going to just go out there. I'm going to leave the journalistic stuff at home. I'm going to put on my state gear. I'm just going to be a fan in that day. I'm going to go sit in there. I'm going to yell and do whatever because I've never been to that stadium before. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I do I like is that, you know what, you're going to get to see, you know, four new stadiums. Now, I've been – I've seen what USC plays. I've never been in there. Okay. I've been to the Rose Bowl. Heck, you've been to the Rose Bowl yeah. so many times. I think you got a brick out front.
2: <laughs> I definitely don't, but I've been there.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I went to the Washington game with State mm-hmm. Play Washington. And for those who – you know what, that's a place that you want to go. And let me help you out here, folks. Easiest way to travel in Seattle and just hop on that little monorail train, it will drop you off right at the stadium. When I say right at the stadium, I'm not (laughs) exaggerating. It will literally drop you off a hundred feet from the stadium, plain and simple. Or if you want to go to any other place, that thing is a thing of beauty. It takes you 30 to 35 minutes to go from the airport to Husky stadium. So just something that you need to know, hop on that train and enjoy the ride. But beautiful stadium sits on the water so yeah i'm with you i start looking at this schedule and i'm like okay yep this is a game i can't wait to go to and then there's just other games man where you just like man it's it's gonna take a second to really for it to feel like these guys are part of the conference so you know when, when you see ohio state going up against oregon or when you see michigan usc it's like okay this ain't the rose bowl It's just a regular season game. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it's for me. It took about man. It took like about four years for me to get used to Penn State and Nebraska. How long do you think it's going to take for people to get used to the West Coast teams?
2: You know what? That's interesting. I I think it'll take some time, but I think that you know, particularly one of the things we've been doing over at the network is you know we put up the uh, you know the, the coaches poll every week, and you know it's fun to see that. You know, Oregon, Washington are in the mix. UCLA was in the mix, you know. Well, these teams are right, obviously SC's there. So it's, to see just how many quality teams that are that are gonna be joining this conference is, it's gonna take some time, but I think just, you know, just I think the pride of saying that, you know, our conference is better than yours from week to week. How many teams do you have in the top 10? How many teams do you have in the top 25? You know, and, and was fascinating, right? So if we just can, took out, just use the 12-team playoffs this year, there would be some really good teams that wouldn't make the playoffs from the Big Ten, yeah. just because they're only they they're, they're going to be some at-large bids that are going to be out there, and not everyone would be able to make it. So, you know, it, it, it's still going to be without its uh, this challenges, even though we're going to 12. But it's going to be fun. To me, it just elevates the conference. And you're talking about going from, from East Coast to West Coast with teams. And again, I go back to the fan bases that, that have opportunity to go to some of these great places. Think about Indiana, a team like Minnesota, who it's been, I don't know, forever since they've you know played it in the Rose Bowl or had an opportunity. So now they'll have that chance to be able to go go out West and, and spend some time at the Rose Bowl and in Pasadena and it's it, to me that's what it comes down to then you think about SC being able to come to Ann Arbor you know how SC travels now they yeah. don't stay in Ann Arbor it'll be a few but they'll be in Detroit they'll be in downtown Detroit taking in all the sites the restaurants and all of that and then they'll come over because that's what they do when they
1: come to Chicago when they play Notre Dame you know I was about to say you know the what? maybe they could double dip because I remember uh Seattle the Seahawks played the Lions when the Huskies played Michigan State. So they got the right. double dip that weekend and watch both teams. So you know what? Maybe either the Chargers or the Rams will be in Detroit for that weekend that they mm-hmm. that they play Michigan. You know, it's it's funny. You you brought up the Rose Bowl, and I've heard this before. And and, and as a player, the fact that teams will regularly play at the Rose Bowl will, will that kind of take away from you know because i guess everybody gets to go and you you didn't necessarily earn your way but you get to play in the rose bowl does that would that take away from the experience i don't i don't think it'll take away
2: from the experience i i think what what's taken away if you want if anything the rose bowl is it, because of just how the bowl series have worked out right now you know they don't necessarily have they have a have had a, a playoff game out there. They've had some different things that have taken place out there. So it hasn't just been exclusively Big Ten, Pac-12 a, as we continue to move forward, but uh, or in the past rather. So, but I think anytime you get to go to a, a place like that, particularly, you know, if, if they're fortunate enough and they're able to play a night game, because to me, there's still nothing better. Then coming out of the half with the with the sun going down over the, yeah, cities, the mountains, the mountains yeah. it is unbelievable uh, to to see that venue uh, in that in that light. So, you know, I, listen, I, I think you have an opportunity to play at a Rose Bowl. I, I'm sure you know teams are going to take tours and, and look at the columns and see all the MVPs and Hall of Famers that have played in that game. And the fact is, you know. You still have an opportunity to, if things shake out right, to have your name, these players have their opportunity to put have their name put on one of the columns as well.
1: So, Howard, in basketball, a few years ago, they decided to move the Big Ten tournament from city to city to city. Mm-hmm. It used to just be in Indianapolis. Then it was Indianapolis, Chicago. They alternated years. It's been in D.C. It's been in New York. It's been in Minneapolis. Are they going to move the Big Ten championship? Get ready. Though? Oh, get ready! Because <laughs> that's get what I'm ready. thinking. About when you got West Coast teams, could the big could could you just play it in the Rose Bowl, or you play it in the Coliseum, or you even, I don't know, find a neutral site and you go to Las Vegas and play the game? Uh,
2: you could you could say Las Vegas is probably on the table. Obviously, uh, SoFi is going to be on the table. Uh, even though even though it's it, it would appear that it could be a home game for. For one of the Big Ten teams, I, I think that venue is 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 probably what you would want to play in when you start to think about, you know, what the Rose Bowl has to offer. Obviously, Coliseum, they have some venues and they have some opportunities yeah. out there, and I think that's really that's going to be up for grabs. I, I think when you think about Indianapolis, it is really the perfect place to to have it. But when we start to open up and you start to make this a national uh, a national conference, you have to be willing to to move some of your games. Uh, I think one of the best things they've done, like with Media Day, you know, moving that to Indianapolis and having it or having it in the stadium, is huge. So right. I, I could see, I can envision where if let's just say the the championship game is going to be at SoFi, well, guess where Media Day ought to be. Mm. So far, so So wherever the championship game is, I could envision media day being there and and vice versa. So I think there are going to be so many opportunities out there now to be able to take that game, you know, on the road to to, so it goes across country. I think it's one of the things that I'm sure as a conference, they're going to be looking into.
1: Yeah, I mean, the whole home court, I mean, a home field thing didn't work out too well for Purdue playing right down the road from indianapolis so <laughs> yeah you got to still play the game but yeah i think that that would be something of knowing yeah i mean for the fans it's it's, it's easy for people in the big 10 to just hop in the car and drive to indianapolis like yep. for here when, when state played the last time in 2015 you know it's like a four-hour drive for me boom boom you're there you can leave get a hotel room drive back in the morning I gotta think if you're at SoFi, you may not get as many fans though, because of that quick turnaround and airplane tickets were probably gonna get jacked up. But man, that still would be a nice alternative if they start moving that thing around to different venues. Yeah. Heck, I, I I'll I'll volunteer Ford Field here in Detroit. Absolutely. That's we can do it here as well. I mean, because yeah, you, nice you know Michigan State's gonna play a game against yeah. Penn State here yeah. the day after Thanksgiving. So there's and another think, thing. Yeah, and I
2: think they're they're going to take all of that into consideration. But the other thing too is when you start to think about California, uh, a lot of a lot of Big Ten uh, institutions have huge uh, yeah, alumni true. bases on the on the West Coast. So, I, listen, I, I think everything is on the table as this game continues to grow, as this conference continues to grow that it, it only makes sense that, you know, that, that game at some point is going to go west. And, you know, or, you know, I'm saying these cities still have to bid on it. Right. But Indianapolis is always going to be tough to beat because it's easy, it's comfortable, everyone knows everyone there.
1: Man, uh, it, yeah. You know, what,
2: you know what you need to do. You can <laughs> take the tunnels to
1: get to where you need to go. You don't have to worry. You about know what Indianapolis is? It's, it's that hoodie you got that when you have a long day and you take off your Big Ten network uh-huh. clothes and yep. the tie and you just put that hoodie on and you put your feet up in your favorite chair. That's Indianapolis. That's Indianapolis, go, no doubt. <sighs> okay, I'm here.
2: Yep, I'm here. I know where to go. I'm hitting this
1: place, this place, yep. and this place. I'm Make your here. reservations early. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing about the schedule. Because of the difficulty, are are we going to see pretty much the end of the the non-conference games with the tough non-conference games? Because if you got to go through a gauntlet every year, like I I can't see Michigan if they had the choice of keeping Texas. And it's not that they're ducking Texas, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, well, good Lord, look who we're adding. Look who we're playing. We don't really need this Texas game anymore. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I mean, the same goes for Texas.
1: Does Texas really need to play Michigan, right? So I I think, you know,
2: these athletic departments are going to get together and figure things out. Uh, Listen, again, it's great for the fans. But I can tell you the coaches don't necessarily necessarily want that to happen when they know the type of gauntlet they're going to have to go through uh, in the Big Ten Conference. Does it get you ready early? Sure it does. If you've got a great team, do you mind playing? Nope. But if you have a team where you're trying to, say, break in a new quarterback, you don't necessarily want to to see a, a big challenger on the horizon when you first – that first week or first couple of weeks that you're playing. But – I think this thing is really, as we continue to move forward, things are going to start to play out. Uh, Teams are going to get comfortable with what they're doing. I'm going to tell you, Rico, the other thing is I think think the conference did the very best job that they could do as far as trying to take care of the student-athletes in travel. But I will say this, now it's back on the schools. Right. The conferences, they set up the games, Uh, you know. So now the questions become, hey, um, so what day are we traveling? Are we traveling Thursday morning? True. Or are we going to travel on Friday morning and we've got to go cross country? Because, you know, you you travel Thursday, that's that's – Your next day. There's some more more money that needs to be spent. And, you know – I don't want to be the (laughs) – I don't want to say, okay, things are bad because I think the conference did what they needed to do. But I think athletic departments now have to step up and make sure that they are putting their student-athletes in the best position they can when it comes to this travel. It's in their court now.
1: No, it is. But here's why I'm not feeling sorry for you because there's a lot of network dollars that got allocated to the different schools. Mm -hmm. So it would behoove you to pay – it. Call it a student tax. Take a take a little bit of extra and take care of your commodity. Take care of your students because yeah, you know, man, I'm not trying to fly you out there on a Friday morning and we got to play an early game Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, oh, which reminds me, because I think I saw something. They're going to be, I guess they're going to Big Ten's going to continue the Pac-12 after dark. So it's going to be a lot of late night games. And some Friday games? Did I read that correctly?
2: There are definitely going to be some Friday games. Uh, There's even going to possibly be a Thursday game in there. Um, But that's something that they've got to work out with the TV partners. But say, uh, you know, um, who is it? Iowa normally plays uh, on Black Friday. Right. Uh, That game's still going to be, I think it's Iowa-Nebraska. Yeah, Iowa-Nebraska, that's on Friday. Uh, So there are going to be some other games that are going to be moved into that slot as well. So I think there are going to be opportunities out there, but now, you know, now that these games have been set, now things get turned over to the networks, and they mm. say, okay, hey, how do you want to, what do you want to divvy up? But it's going to be, it, it really is going to be interesting to see just how the, the as they pick games uh, each week, because they're, they're just some unbelievable games. So Big Noon, it's going to be all over the place. Just like I think NBC and CBS, they are all going to be, you know, vying for these games. And I think they're all good. Ultimately going to get good games and the big 10 network uh, is going to get some good games as well.
1: Yeah. I like it when you guys, when the big 10 network does their night, I just, I mean, I'm a night game type of person. I'm just going to say it. I don't care what network it's on, but I like it when it's just, it's something different about the game under the lights than it is at noon. And I know the big noon kickoff really wants to make that. You, you'll never sell me the, to me. Noon games are the hors d'oeuvres of college football. Those are the games that you, you clean up the house while you have that on in the background right. and then come three 30. Okay. I need to focus. And from the rest of the night, I'm not answering the phone. Let's do all the honeydew stuff early right. because I'm watching this and then the, the, the night games and there. Yeah. And I'm a, you know, I, one I got a Heisman vote but I just like Pac-12 after dark so yeah I'm one of those people that even though I got to do the Lions pregame show Howard I will admit I was I was sitting there watching the Colorado Colorado State game till like it was 2 30 in the morning and I'm saying to myself you idiot you need to go to sleep you have to get up early and I couldn't stop watching it so I'm looking forward to stuff like this man yeah,
2: and that's a perfect example um I was flying out to Denver that week and I, I got. by the time I got to my hotel room, it was halftime. And normally I'm not up that late watching, but I, I was glued, I couldn't stop watching it. Um, and it, yeah, it, it is, it is an outstanding, you know, it really worked and I think that's credit to Dion, whether you like him or not, of what he's been able to do around that program and what the players have been able to, to accomplish because the hype around that program, at first maybe what, four or five weeks at least of the season, the actual season uh has been nothing short of remarkable. They've broken all kinds of records, but in saying that, see, we're old school, we talk about that you know games at night, you playing in prime time, that's it right but it is but it is really crazy just how big noon has shifted, and it would be one thing if they just were throwing something out um that people weren't watching, but I mean the numbers that big noon is getting for that for their pregame show and that yeah. that noon game have just gone crazy if, wow. since they've started. So they keep getting better and better every year. So
1: this this noon deal is, is just gonna be a part of it. I know. I know. They, I know they're trying to really yeah. make it a thing. I, you know, I can resist it as long as I can. Yeah, just yeah. put it like that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like you know i still call them the san diego chargers i know they end LA, up <laughs> i don't have to they, they will always be the oakland raiders to me not the las vegas raiders um uh, real quick they, they are they ever going to expand and maybe go to 10 game seasons i mean i know that would be an unfair advantage because the sec is saying look we only want to play eight yeah and if you're the big 10 you don't want to hurt yourself but with so with 18 teams and possibly even adding more
2: yeah.
1: it just seems like okay, you get two, air quote, non-conference games against Cupcakes, and now, now we're going to jump into the Big Ten season, it will allow you to play an extra Big Ten game. So it, are we ever getting the Ten? I, I think
2: it's always on the table when you think when networks are involved, right? I think nothing will happen, I think, until the next next network contract. But I think a lot of that depends upon what type of success are they having. Is the Big Ten conference having – staying pat where they are and just by if if the teams play the way they've played this year moving forward and there's really no indication that things are going to slow down I I don't know that you necessarily need to go there I think um, you know it's one of those situations that that as we talked about the strength of schedule the strength of schedule will never be brought into question it doesn't appear that the way the conference is right now and to think you know that at the end of the year, it's you're not going to get a West Division champion or, or East Division. You're getting the best of the top two teams are, are going to be playing. And you can think about being in that number three spot, and, and you're not even playing in the championship game. You'll be ready to go <laughs> to, and be have a week to be fresh because you're probably getting in.
1: Here's the idea. And you know what? You could take it to the, to the executives at, at, at the BTN and Fox. Here's your tenth game, man. They need to expand it, top four teams, semifinals, mm-hmm. and then do what you did in COVID. Five and six play each other, seven and eight play each other, nine and ten play each other. So your final game is against somebody you're equal. Yeah. So that may help you get in getting an extra win for a bowl game, but you can have a semifinal game against you know, one place four, two plays, three, and then the winners of those games, they move on to the Big Ten Championship game. If you go that 10th game route, to me, use what you did in COVID. Uh That would work again, Howard. So the final week, you really don't know who your opponent is because it's all based off of schedule.
2: Yeah, and I think there was a lot of talk uh, about that before um, we got these other four teams in. Uh, there was there was a lot of conversation about that, and actually, I think it was still some conversation after it was just USC and UCLA um, that that's something that was probably on the table and they went through to to take a look at. But listen, it's it's so many good games. I think you know what's crazy about today is that we we're already getting away from from this season. Oh, yeah, because it's so exciting to think
1: about what can be. Howard, all I you know, have is next week. My my team thinks, So all I have is next well, season. Okay. You know what else is? Hey, here's what's interesting too. Right?
2: I think um, as we see these new teams that are coming in, right, and we see the way Ohio State, Penn State is playing, how does that directly affect the teams here in this conference? The style of play, right? Does does Iowa change their style of play? You have to believe that probably they are. Right. Um, with they're, since they're going to be going in a different direction next year, at least at the offensive coordinator spot, you know how is that going to change? I, I think athletic directors all over the all over the uh, conference, I think have to or athletic departments have to evaluate what's what's really a successful season because not everybody's going to get an opportunity. Just like now, the way even with East and West meeting in Indy not everybody is going to have a chance to, to make it to the game. And now it becomes even more difficult when you uh, eliminate the division. So it, it's I think it's going to be incumbent on, on athletic departments to, to also be smart and understand what they're doing when they're hiring their next coaches to, to, to take over their program. Right. What type of timetable that that staff is going to have, uh, at least the head coach is going to have, uh, to be able to build a program that he or she wants to build.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, because I look at Michigan State and it's like, man, you got to go and get an offensive-minded coach. I mean, defense wins championships, but offense offense keeps you relevant and it keeps you in that top 15 where, you know, you can possibly get into that 12-team slot because that's the biggest thing. I mean, heck, that, that's that's why my personal choice for the next coach You know, you guys may or not do segments with him on your show with Jerry DiNardo. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) That's... Yeah,
2: I think... Listen, I think... Allen has to call everybody even if he thinks they're not interested, right? Right. The the call has to be made. They have to tell tell you no. Yep. They have to be able to tell you no. And... You know, he's a football guy. He he understands what it's going to take to not only com- compete with the team in state, but but also be able to compete, you know, around the Big Ten and around the country right now. So I don't have any doubts that, that they're going to swing for the fences. It's just a matter of uh, being able to find the right person that's going to fit. And understanding this, it's, it's going to be some pain. It's, it really is going to be some pain. But but I think one of the things that whether you like it or not, uh, what Dion has shown uh, that you can flip a roster quickly and, and and generate the buzz that you need to build. Now there's some other people who have flipped rosters not to that extent, but are playing real well right now, and that's Matt Rule over in Nebraska. Yeah. And you also um, you know uh, they're doing a good job up at Wisco too, not to the extent obviously of what's happened out in Colorado. But you can you can make some changes, but you still have to. What they're finding out in Colorado, you still have to develop the people that are on your roster, no matter what. And it's always going to be hard to develop offense and defensive lines. Yeah, you got to recruit them, but you got to develop them. Yeah. I don't know that you can you can just all of a sudden uh, wave a magic wand and believe that you can all of a sudden just. Have a great offensive line or a great defensive line solely
1: using the transfer portal. Well, it's funny because lost in everything that's happened, but you know Mel Tucker did flip that roster from Mm -hmm. 2020 to 2021. Uh He was 11 and two when found Kenneth Walker. When it did a lot of things, but you're right. The other thing is you got to develop and you got to keep it going because unless you get that special person, yeah, eventually talent always. You know, talent wins out, as you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they got to get somebody. But, yeah, if you get the right name and, – and it's something my father used to tell me all the time, never be afraid to go and ask the prettiest girl out because yeah. she might just say yeah because nobody else asked her.
2: And, and the thing and the thing is, things change. Uh, week to week, things change. People, people may have an idea that they have absolutely no desire – to coach, did they want to continue to spend time with their family and travel and vacation, particularly when they didn't vacation at all when they were when they were a head coach? Right. And that, but that all that always can change when you start to say, "Hey, listen, you know, we can do this. We can implement this." And there's a lot of money that's uh, being uh, spread around athletic departments right now, and, and Michigan State has already proven it. You know they'll spend the money to go get the the right guy that they, the, the person yeah. that they believe is the right guy and they'll compensate that person for it. So it's a matter of, you know, figuring that part of it out and I'm sure they will.
1: All right. You heard it here first. Howard is breaking the news. Michigan state's next hit. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hi <laughs> right, Howard. I appreciate your time, man. Uh I just wanted to have some fun, man. I, I didn't want to deal with the Petiti phone call. We could talk about that next week because it was a follow-up call as we were taping this podcast. So yep. we could deal with that. I just wanted to, you know, talk about the scheduling. We got a little bit about Michigan State's next hire. We'll do the other stuff later, folks. We know what's going on, but that's an ever-evolving topic of what's happening well, in that So... We ain't forgot about it. We just wanted to give you guys something different. If you want to read about that, trust me, it's all over. Howard, appreciate your time. For Howard Griffith, I'm Rico Beer. Guys, thanks for watching and listening to The Five Star Zone. Keep liking, keep subscribing, keep telling your friends so some brothers can get paid. Until (laughs) next week, Howard, I'll see you then. All right now.